0: hey everybody i'm tom the suit forest you may know me by my podcast chasing the blues i'm a hall of fame musician and i live in connecticut and i love to talk to connecticut musicians today on concert conversations brought to you by the palace theater and ion bank we are going to be talking to a Connecticut musician, a person that has been in the business for a very long time, really working hard, uh, a musician's musician. I would I would say, Marty Cudrado. Hey, Marty, how are you? Oh, good morning, Tom. How you doing, man? Doing great, thanks. Good, man. You know, when I say you're a musician's musician. Um, you know, when I talked to Sherry from the palace, she said, "You know, uh, uh, you know, he's a kind of a, uh, you know, uh, smooth jazz kind of player and that kind of thing." So that's that's what I had expected. Uh, but then, when I really <laughs> delved into your music, first of all, uh, you play saxophone, and yeah. a, as a musician, I'm going to tell you, man, you you play very well. Then, oh,
1: well. And thank then I turn <laughs>
0: around and now you're, you know, you're a singer, guitar player. Uh, I read that you play drums. Uh, you got a great voice. So, you know, welcome to the show. Very excited to have you on here.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, you know, it, it kind of evolved a little at a time, you know, from a very young age. Um, I guess my father got uh, oh, I have seven siblings, so yeah, he got us all into, and I was the youngest, and he got me into clarinet lessons, which was perfect training for saxophone. However, I really didn't start playing saxophone till like I was, um, I think, uh, right out of high school. Yeah. Um, I played drums at a very young age because my brother was a drummer, and I was attracted to the drums. And, um, and, and I think it's just been the last about mm, 10 to 15 years where I really started playing guitar because it opened up the writing aspect of, you know, I would always have to collaborate with somebody who played piano um, or a chord instrument. So I was like, you know, I, I need to be playing a chord instrument. And it was basically to write, but I'm really uh, running away with the guitar. It's just, it's such a beautiful, I love playing acoustic and I love to, uh, I love to write. And that's basically how the, the, the evolution came to all these instruments, kind of out of necessity, you know, um, but uh, I mean, I first played full time. Uh, I was I was playing uh, as a I think I was 18 or 17 or 18. I had to get a notary for my parents to play in clubs. I was playing drums three nights a week, and uh, and then it kind of evolved out of that into singing and saxophone playing. And I think um, you know you know it's just a, trying to tread in the waters here, going. Kind of going where I have to you know, going with a feel, you know, just going where you think you should go,
0: you know, but well, yeah, I uh, mean, you're you're a mainstay uh, in the 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 music in Connecticut. I mean, I see you play a ton of places, and i've I've played a few places that you have as well. Um,
1: yeah, um I, I mean, I consider myself um, you know an, first and foremost a working musician, I mean, mostly it's doing gigs you know like and then but I do you know have a stream of income from recordings which is which is great I mean now it's streams I heard you talking to Vincent the other day and he nailed it you know he kind of chuckled when he said all's oh, I, was like, oh you know no more people they don't really buy cds anymore they just they might download it but it's all streams and and he kind of chuckled because it's just kind of funny how the music business went but um yeah i did extremely well with cds and you know selling them uh independently um thank god for that i did, yeah. did really well and yeah. then uh you know now it's streams, and um I, I really haven't traveled a whole lot. I've been you know flown to California, Florida, done resorts, done stuff like that, but not really a tour thing um it just never turned into that but um I'm first and foremost a working musician, but I did get to play on some national records, which I was very happy to get invited on uh, for instance the the Shonake label uh, I played on a few of their records I played on um Vesta Williams record I played on uh, they have a couple compilation records um, I played on um, Chris Davis's record I played a couple tracks and I was, was super excited to get on those records because when I played and I looked at the other artists on the record I mean for instance Gerald Albright who's a sax player I, and I always say he's the best sax player on the planet he was he was off on the record. I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. I followed this guy for years and years, and now he's like my idol, and, and now I'm getting to play the same record as him. That was a real thrill, you know.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, uh, you know, it's the wonderful thing about music, I guess, is that you never know what's coming just when you think, oh, you know, all of a sudden you get that call, right?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's like planting seeds. You know, if I... And I remember way back in the beginning, I mean, you know, I was literally playing to tracks and I would get tracks and I'd play saxophone and I would go to restaurants. I, I actually went to a couple restaurants. It had to be late 80s. And I actually, you know, I was done drumming with this band for I played with a band fantasy for a year and a half playing drums in you know, Ellison's College. But then I was playing to tracks with saxophone. I would actually approach a restaurant always out of the box. I never went. If, if If there was 10 clubs having bands, I would go to two restaurants that were off the beaten path and say, hey, why don't we try something here? I'll play in your dining room here for a few hours for the first time. And if you like it, you could pay me and if you don't like it don't pay me and don't have me back but if you like it pay me and then you could have me back and there was only one time i didn't get paid and i think it was just the owner was trying to like abuse me but yeah uh, that never you know happens what? right
0: yeah yeah oh, you know,
1: yeah oh, that's a whole other show you could i'm sure you could contribute to that one but um you know, uh, yeah. So, and and I was never afraid to work. I would play everywhere, anywhere. And and um, you know, if you, it's a labor of love. I didn't, I didn't really choose music. You know, it chose me. Um, I, I always w- would feel a change in my, my, per, my whole body. I mean, I would hear a song at a very young age, and I would be like, oh, I would just be lit up. You know, and and then once you start playing an instrument and you could amuse yourself, boy, look out. You know, then then it was like off to the races. It was just. But um, you know, you got to find your path. How are you going to make money at this thing? How are you going to support yourself? And
0: yeah, well, you're you know. you're not the first guy that said you know, music chose you. You know, I, I uh, on my uh, Chasing the Blues podcast, I, I interviewed uh, John Oates from Hall and Oates, and he has oh, a wow. new, yeah, he has a new blues album out, and he basically said the same thing. You know, it wasn't like he started out. Oh, I'm going to be a musician. Uh, it just kind of chose him. I I have a little different path because when I was little, I thought, wait a minute, if I play guitar, I'm going to be like Elvis and I'm going to get a (laughs) lot of women. Uh, (laughs) so for me, maybe it wasn't the most artistic idea on (laughs) how to get started, but most guys are like you. They, they definitely say that. So I want to go back to some of your original music. Um, because I, yeah. I definitely, you know, I I know you do a lot of public gigs and uh and for lack of a better word, I'm I'm gonna say you know you do some you do commercial stuff because you do covers and you do things yeah, like that. You have to, and, yeah, you Yeah. Well, you know, and you're really good at it. Uh, uh, unlike a lot of musicians that I meet, you're really really good at it. But you know, I I I'm, wanted to go to you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no.
1: I was gonna I go ahead. I, I, I'm. I want to hear the rest of it, but it, it, something popped in my head. It was, but go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. Well, I'm interrupt. looking at
0: your I'm looking at your songs um, on your website, and I said, okay, I'm going to try to figure this guy out because you always do that, you know. I figure, well, let's let's figure out what genre he is. So I listened to If You Knew, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, really lay back, acoustic, you know, the whole deal. Then all of a sudden, I listen, which by the way, I love this tune. Uh, country is taken over the country, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely new country, but you know co- new country is very close to rock.
1: It it it, it's, it is. It's just produced a bit. Yeah, of course, I mean I, I know. I'm sure you know this, but you know, um, you know, it, you're very intuitive. I gotta say that um, you really get it. You know, coming from your side, um, the country is taken over. Is taken the country. Uh, you know. I was talking. You know, all these these songs come up in conversation. I was talking to somebody, and you know, we we were writing music, a good friend of mine, and 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 I said, "Country's just taken over the country. It's taken over the airway." And I was like, "I had that title in my head for months, and I I gotta do something with it." And then I also said, I never, I didn't write a song yet with a four on the floor, like a boom, but which is very popular today, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for dance. So I'm, I'm figuring, how am I gonna get a song that has got a good, something that people didn't say yet. Now there's five or six songs I've heard about countries taking a country. But anyway, uh, or we're all country, or what country this country, but anyway, and I'm thinking, if I'm playing live with my band, how am I gonna play a song that's mine, that they could dance to and mix it right in? So I said, foreign a floor, country's taking the country. And then I, w- I went from there and um, it's just the, w- the way that was born. And uh, I really was inspired to the messages. It really is. It's taken over the country. It has. It's like, you know, I had a lot of spins in jazz on radio and a lot of spins for one week on commercial radio is about 250 spins to 300. That's mm-hmm. like the a lot yeah. of commercial
0: yeah.
1: airwaves. I'll, that's number one. I, I hit number twelve on the indicator billboard chart, and I was getting you know, I don't know, hundred something spins in a country. And and country, if if I had a song in country music and it was number twelve on the indicator chart, I'd be getting three thousand spins.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it's but it's, it's a the, wonderful. It's a wonderful and growing uh, market oh, yeah. segment for sure. Yeah. You
1: know, and, and I'm sure you could appreciate this that, like, I did want to, I called it. If you have to label it, you know, if you put your music out there, you know instead of buying a public publicist for ten thousand dollars, you know, I, I you know you have to you have to wear a lot of hats. And I was like, it's rock and roll, but it bleeds country. and but the lyrics is the you know that you know, so you're very intuitive. and and since then, I think it was uh, my no boundaries record was like two thousand twelve or so. I've written a lot, a lot of songs, and um I'm just starting to record again, as a matter of fact. I have been working uh, with a new bunch of people. Um, the band is called Unlisted and Steve Recchia, who had done sound at the Red Door for a long time. Uh, we've collaborated on an, on three or four songs in his studio, and it's going so well right now. And I'm really looking forward to releasing a couple of these songs because you know how it goes when, you, when you're an artist, you're writing it. You always think your best step is in front of you, you know what I'm saying, yeah. as you mature and as you... Yeah. So, but I am a chameleon, and th- th- the record that Country's on is called Two-Faced, and it's called that because Perfect. there's eight original, like, rock country things, and then there's four saxophone live cuts, you know, so.
0: Well, you know, you're, you're preaching to the choir because, you know, <laughs> when when I got this—the uh, um, uh, blues award for, uh, you know, the the—, the the record company that I'm with said, well, okay, well, let me, let, you know, let's put this blues album together. So, you know, I'm, I'm a guy out of the 70s, you know, so I listened to everything in growing up. So of course I write everything. So I handed them the album and the very first thing they did was shake their head and say, well, this ain't blues. And I said, (laughs) excuse me, everything is blues. Yeah, uh, good answer. You know, every song you have on your album that I listen to is blues. Uh, it, 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 but I, I hate the genre label and the, the thing. So I, I started to write a blues album. And I got to tell you, it sucked. Uh, and, and mainly <laughs> yeah. because I'm a writer, you know, I'm a songwriter. And I couldn't write like that. I write like you said. Somebody will yeah. say something offhanded that thing will either stick in my mind for a minute and a song is written, or a year later it pops up in my head again, and I write or the song. Or it's in the
1: parts department uh, on your computer. I have, I tell you, the iPhone. I I play and sing into the memo. Me too. I have because I, have, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I don't want to lose the idea. Oh, absolutely. I have I have, oh, I have almost 400 memos. Now, granted, <laughs> there's some of them. Are three and four times of the same song that I'm messing around with, and then sometimes there's complete songs. And um, but th- th- to me, th- that's a, what it's all about: is getting as soon as the idea hits you, as soon as you feel something, get it down. And um, like for instance, uh, the record that I'm doing with this band, Unlisted, it's going to be like Mardi with the Unlisted band, something like that. But it's, there's no timetable, which I'm very happy about because we're taking our time. But um, it's all it's all built on relationships, of course. I always I, – I'll never write about politics because, you know, I just – it's not my thing. I don't I, – I, I do follow, you know, stuff, but I, I would never write about it. I don't like to write too much about other things other than relationships and love and, you know, analogies of things like that. But he, he said – Steve says to me, uh, the co, co-producer of the record says, you know, this is all relationship, great stuff, but there's, there's no breakup song. This got to be the last song on the record. So I wrote a breakup song, and it's like, you know, it's the way it came about. And, and someone else had said to me, you never really write a breakup song, you know. But uh, you write sad. I, I think I get into sad, you know, situations and stuff, or... You know, whatever, but uh, and, and before when you were talking about uh, the styles of music, for instance, when I was doing parties, you know, for people, you know, even a concert, you can go to a, do a concert in a green on some town and you can't just play one style of music. You, re- you just really can't it, because, you know, they, they want to either dance or they want, like you said, they want, um, you, know, uh, you know, rock or they want something mellow, they want the saxophone. You know, and the saxophone to me has always been like a soap opera actor who had this part early on in his career, and then moved on to movies and moved on to other things. But they can't they can't lose that part. They're always so and so in that that part. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. So that's just, it, people still come to my gigs, and I'll even say it's a it's a it's an acoustic night, and oh, you're not gonna play the sax, and they're almost mad at me, and it's like. You know, but then I'll do a smooth jazz concert, and they'll get saxophone from beginning to end, and then and they're like, "Oh, you're not going to play if you knew." <laughs> you know, yeah, I, like know. I know. But you know, um, <laughs> the, the basic. But when you're doing a party or even a wedding, and, and you're even more, I want to say, handcuffed, where you got to do stay in this lane and make these people happy, make them dance, and you know, um, then see that's the thing. I I got to appreciate some music through the years that I probably never would have went towards, you know, but someone says, I need to do that. You need to do this song for my wedding or, or this this is a party and we need three songs by this artist. And I'm like, Oh, wow. And the working musician goes to work and you learn the songs and, and then, and they say, wow, I have an appreciation for this, this guy or this, this artist or this, this genre or just something, you know, and, or for instance, like I'll give you an example. I don't know if you've been through this but. I had to learn a, a couple Rolling Stones songs. Now, I admit, I loved The Beatles and I you know, it's it always seems like Beatles, Stones, Zeppelin, you know, it's like the oh, yeah. and I love Zeppelin. Right. I never loved the Rolling Stones. I do appreciate the whole thing. I I do appreciate, you know, but if I was going I'd be lying if I said like, "Oh, I just well, who's your favorite top 5?" The Rolling Stones just kind of don't come up. However, if you take two or three of their songs, and you learn them, and you play them live, and the band really kicks them. Whoa. I they,
0: mean, they did some good writing, and if you think about you know, it, they, they were just told, you need to write your songs, and they wrote oh, their songs, great. kind and, of like what the Beatles know, did, you know? Oh,
1: just incredible. Yeah. You know, and to me, I really, really have gotten into the writing aspect of it, and I'm such a sponge um, as far as picking up ideas and getting influenced um, and, uh, you know, I go to the studio now, and I, this band that I've been working with, they had rhythm tracks that no melody, no lyrics, just a, a really, really great rhythm track with guitars. And, and like, I, I couldn't get five guys together to just get in my basement and jam like that. Like, I, I, it's like, how did you do that? And then they just jam for four minutes, but and then they'll make a change here and there. And I'm listening, I'm going, well, here's the melody, boom, and I start singing. It and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. And then I wrote the lyric, and I wrote the melody, and i love doing stuff i love
0: collaborating like that but uh um, well I, sometimes, I really it, sometimes it happens it. like that you know you get them the, the I, I tell everybody i actually believe in a muse you know i believe in there's oh, something on my it. shoulder uh i will tell you this though I, it's been and i i think i i don't remember who i was talking to um mark, maybe mark farner uh when i was interviewing him and i said you know i i believe the muse gets mad if you don't put in the work and he said absolutely he said uh wow he said you know what if you don't put in the work you're it's going to be harder for you to get started you got to keep putting in the work and then you get inspiration so we're going to talk a little bit more about that we're going to take a quick break for our wonderful sponsor ion bank and we will be right back
1: The pandemic has
0: affected our business. We are down roughly 70%.
1: I was nervous, I was
0: scared. When the PPP loan program was announced, the first people we reached out to were our partners at ION Bank. We were very, very pleased to be approved through ION Bank, and they took the time and the effort to make sure that we were going to be okay.
1: The team at ION Bank has just done everything possible and went above and beyond, as they always do.
0: Welcome back to Palace Theater's Concert Conversations. I'm Tom the Suit Forest, and today we are talking with a great musician, Marty Q. Marty, you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, You play sax. You definitely play, and you play good guitar, man. As a guitar player, I can I can tell you. I saw the stuff that you did live at, uh, the tipping chair, which I, which I've played. I love that place. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah.
1: hoping if you were going to look me up that because the, the quality is, you know, you know, people, it's appreciative. Your fans come out and they, they film me on their phone and it's, you know, it's a it's an awful.
0: I know, system. I know. <laughs> and,
1: and they put it up on and, and I'm like, oh, I appreciate you doing that. And I'm like, oh God, I wish you would take it down. You know, but
0: yeah.
1: uh, I guess that happens to you know oh, everybody. But, it it um, does. Yeah, Every time I see quality. one, I th- I
0: think I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, yeah, I, I'm a- looking at your stuff, and uh, I see it's great to it's great to talk with people who are in the same uh, state. Because uh, Jimmy Bell's a good friend of mine, I, I see that you have uh, something with him. Oh and yeah! Actually, funny thing—that was a
1: great. He came and played on that song, Do Ya? Yeah. And um, boy, he's he's an amazing musician. And oh, he's a savant
0: I, and a great guy.
1: I I tell you what. As much as he is a great musician, he is a sweet person, and he's just he's just a really likable. He really is. He got the whole thing, man. Guy's great. And he was so... Accommodating, um, you know. I, 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 he came in, and, and there's no ego involved. He just came in and he ripped the guitar. He just ripped the solos, and he worked in record time. I mean, and 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 then he's like, "Oh yeah," and and, we're, and me and Paul Opalica, we're looking at each other like, "Holy cow, this guy!" You know, he's just unbelievable. He took that song uh, that I, and I said, I, "I need this. I need Jimmy Bell for this," and I got to work with Jimmy. Um, a blues thing, I think it was, was it a fundraiser for him? Or, you know, I'm not sure. It was at the red door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember that anyway. So I got called up to play tenor sax, uh, on stage. And I'm playing with Aaron Troy Danner and Jimmy bell and maybe the boogie, uh, the, the buzzy, the keyboard player, I think was, a, make a long story short that they, they go, okay, we're going to do a slow blues in Kia, whatever. So, jimmy bell goes first and he takes this blue song and he takes it way out and he's he's playing the audience is just mesmerized and i'm like okay and they bring it down okay and now it's my turn i'm like oh thanks you know <laughs> now i gotta play after him the only good the only good thing about it was I, I wasn't playing guitar i was playing saxophone so i could say all right just make your tone good play nice phrases you know play the sax don't don't worry about jimmy you know and um you know, it, that's the thing about music. I, I think the older I get, and the more I do this, it's it's about being, be yourself. Everybody else is taken, you know, just be yourself.
0: Yeah, and, that's a and, good line, actually. I, you know, I tell everybody it is not a competition. If if you're focusing you know, on the I musician, no, you got to focus not on a competition. the
1: song. It's still, in, in the words of, uh, I don't know if you know Eddie Seville, um, I, I recorded some stuff at Eddie's, uh, Eddie is also another writer and a lot of respect, a lot of love and respect for Eddie's a great, great guy. And, uh, and I learned some things from him and he, 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 just a couple phrases he would say, he would say, Marty, if you have to explain your song, then it's not, it's not right. You know? And I was like, wow, it's just so deep, but it's so true. Um, and, uh, you know, you could learn from everybody. just, the experience, uh, It was great experience recording uh, at his place there. Um,
0: That's great. So uh, I also saw. (laughs) I also saw a friend of mine. In fact, um, I did. It's funny. It's a tipping chair. I did a gig with Aaron Troy Danner. uh, I don't know if you know, but his.
1: Oh, you helped him out when he when he hurt his hand. He (laughs)
0: hurt his hand. And, I, and oh, I, I saw
1: you playing. I didn't no, I put the game because 'cause I'm fan. This guy looks a little bit familiar when I saw your picture. Uh, yeah, that no, I I, I, get
0: it. Uh, I sat in with him and uh uh yeah, we did the night, you know. So yeah, that was uh that was great. I mean he's a great guy, uh really uh really nice guy, and I was I was pleased to help him out. So well, let me let, let's kinda of talk about this, you know it's always the elephant in the room is this whole COVID thing. You know, I I'm starting to get calls for a few festivals here and there. uh, Not even sure they're going to happen. Right. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. So how is, uh, how is life uh, in the COVID world for you as a musician?
1: um, I, I've always said to the, my inner circle here and, um, it's, of course, you know, we're not working, and and the money's less. Um, however, thank God, I, when I was making much more money, um, I was doing the right things with it, and, um, you know, um, so that's good. And, you know, I don't have a child in, you know, private school anymore. And, you know, I, like I said, it, 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 if COVID was going to come in my last 30 years of me playing, you know, full-time, it came at the right time and i thank god for that cuz my bills weren't up in the air and i didn't have i wasn't financially rocked off my you know foundation like some people so that alone you know just put me in a stall mode but i i this is the most prominent thing i got out of this whole thing it changed my lifestyle i used to play 3 to 5 gigs a week you know sometimes a thursday friday and a double saturday or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, I would play 3 to probably most weeks 3 gigs, sometimes 5 and or a studio gig on a Monday, and then you know. So I was working all the time. I was always playing, and you're and when you're doing that, your chops are up, and you're, you know, you're you, you know, you're you're eating different. You're mm-hmm. not drinking alcohol as much. You're <laughs> it, everything is different. No, yeah. it, really, it, yeah. Everything is your my whole lifestyle changed. Now all of a sudden, I can't go to a. I used to take one weekend off, and I didn't know what to do with myself. But now. I'm learning I I I play a ton of golf because you know there's no covid out in the in the fresh air and I love the sport um you know you got to I mean I was drinking you know half a bottle to a bottle of wine a night you know and that's just it's just boredom and and you know and it's like you're gaining weight, and it's like, what the, what am I doing here? I mean, that that that's COVID to me. As far as the virus itself, you know, thank God I have a very healthy immune system, and um, I, I do take precaution. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I, I try to keep my immune system going and stay healthy. But um, mm-hmm. gigs has been weird. People get weird, you know. Um, I, I've done one or two things outside over the in the fall, and then since the winter came, I'm really doing nothing, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just a uh, it, instead of a financial hit, it's a lifestyle hit. It really it bums me out, man. But then but then you come then I I wrote more stuff because I'm home isolated, and the other good thing was like I would I drove my wife not. Like in the very beginning, I was playing, learning song, and like, and, and she's around more now because she wasn't working. So she never really got to see this process for hours. She'd be at work, or, and now she's home, and, and she'd like, you know, you're going to play that song again? And I'm like, you know, um,
0: it's, And then, and then I,
1: I call it my COVID set list.
0: That's During funny. COVID,
1: I learned, you know, like, there's a four or five songs during the COVID, like, in the very beginning when I was going crazy. I said, you know, let me just learn more songs. Let I me mean, be ready, because we thought this was going from March to, like, the end of April, then we're going to be back out there right, and Right, right, right. I know. <laughs> and so I'm saying, yeah, I'll have a new—I'll have a half a dozen songs. I'll be ready. And, no, nah, it didn't happen that way, but—
0: Yeah, well, you know. I, I know exactly how you feel. My studio is in my house, so my poor wife— it's even worse when you're recording uh, because, you know, she'll just be hearing my voice. Uh, oh, geez, not, yeah. You know, it's like somebody singing in the shower, and, uh, and, you know, I'll be going over a vocal line for, you know, four hours, and she'll be, I, I see her sometimes, you know, with a gun up under her chin, you know, <laughs> you know. so listen, yeah. uh, how do people uh, get a hold of you and your music?
1: I'm easy to reach, Marty Q. M-A-R-T-Y and the letter Q. Just it's MartyQ.net, and my phone number and my all my stuff is on there. But uh, my my music is available everywhere. You know, iTunes, Amazon.
0: You know, uh, and you can uh, buy it on your site. Apple That's Music, Spotify. Right.
1: It's it's everywhere. Spotify, um, you know, iTunes and Amazon are the best. Uh, for me yeah um sure but uh yeah it's out there it's everywhere and um
0: yeah well i I gotta uh, tell everybody you gotta listen to marty q um really really good um a lot of different parts to his personality and you can tell the the sax the voice the guitar um the musician that i saw you with at uh Yeah, at the chair. Very good. Very uh, tasteful. Not, you know, not one of those, you know, hey, I'm going to shred through this because, you know, I got a guitar in my hand kind of guy. Oh, yeah. So I could tell that, you know, you surround yourself. I saw you in a couple of wedding videos. uh, Really high quality. I'd recommend uh, for you for Uh, your band for a wedding anytime uh, but any kind of gig and I know I know you you have had some connection with the palace and I bet they're going to have you back Uh, so I've
1: played there geez I think I played there uh, four times Uh, it's a great place twice twice I took the the the, uh, challenge Aaron Troy Danner and myself Uh, matter of fact we had Jimmy Bell in a band open up for us and then Me and Aaron played a uh, set together, and that was great. Palace Theater was a
0: great thing. Oh, it's beautiful, uh, and it's beautiful. As a matter of fact, people want to check out concert conversations from the Palace Theater. You go to palacetheaterct.org, and you can also go to facebook.com and just check out Palace Theater Waterbury and uh, you can check out uh, Concert Conversations we have some really great interviews with um, regional, I guess I'm going to say regional musicians because some of these, some of the musicians that we have on a do tour uh, they just happen, like I do they just happen to live in Connecticut and they have had some sort of conversation, some sort of connection with the Palace Theater uh, so make sure you check that out listen Marty thanks so much this has been a great conversation uh, and uh, you know what when you when you start your next album and you've done it uh, come on back on the show and we'll chat about that
1: oh I would love to Tom I would love to and um, I just want to say thanks for having me and uh, God bless you man you're doing a
0: really good job I appreciate that thank you Hey everybody, watch for more concert conversations coming your way, brought to you by The Palace in Waterbury and Ion Bank. Have a great day, make sure you wear that mask.